This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, September 2nd, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And we are now in the month of September. Monday is Labor Day. And soon summer will be over, unfortunately, and cooler weathers will come. And an election will come and pass soon enough, and volatility is likely to pick up. You're already actually seeing that in the volatility index. doesn't seem like it in the markets, but underneath the surface, traders are bracing, let's just say that. Right, volatility index was up today, up nicely this week. As a matter of fact, it's been up almost every day for the past two weeks. That's odd. Usually volatility index only rises when stocks are down. Now we're at new all-time highs. And once again, there's vigorous crosswinds that are affecting all markets. But right now, the tailwinds are certainly outweighing the headwinds. Even though the headwinds seem more obvious, the tailwinds oftentimes are less so. A lot of it has to do with passive indexing and automatic allocation to indexes without any consideration of valuation. And that's basically what indexing is, right? You're just investing in a certain basket of stocks. Don't care whether they're rich, whether they're cheap, whether they're fairly valued. That's just the way indexing works. So there's a lot to talk about today. A lot of news crossing the wire that is going to affect various industries. We have things coming out of Washington, a potential stimulus, which still is probably not going to pass, but there's still talk of it. An eviction moratorium, how will that impact real estate markets and individuals? I think that's important to discuss as well. And then earnings. There's still earnings coming out to some degree. But I'm here, and I'm ready to take your calls. I'm Justin Klein, and today in this program, I will do my best to provide you with unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. I know you want strategies to help you deal with not just volatility this year, but ongoing, right? You need to be adaptable to various markets and have a portfolio that fits your goals, not the goals of your cousin or your friend, right? Because that's how a lot of people make their decisions. They hear their friends say one thing, their family members say another, and they utilize that as investment advice. And why that might fit that particular person, it may not fit you. So that's our goal here today is to inch you one step closer to 
the proper knowledge for you to reach your full financial potential. So I'm ready to take your calls live at 888 chart 888 Now here on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. We want you to succeed along with us. And we do that through unbiased guidance and parallel investing. If you ever want to send a message through to us, you can go that, go to investtalk.com and send us a message. Either to myself or Steve, go straight to our email box, and we will we will answer you. Maybe not that exact day, but in a short period of time. You can always call our offices in Irvine, California, at 800-557-5461 as well. Now, my focus point today concerns the story: Are you overlooking a smart way to play the stuck-at-home trend in the market? Now, certainly been a powerful rally in a lot of those names. It's been an acceleration of the trend towards digital, but there are other trends that the stay-at-home economy has accelerated as well that maybe not may not be as uh, obvious. So we're going to touch on that as well. Also, Robinhood. I know a lot of you out there. I've talked about how we have a lot of new listeners. A lot of them have Robinhood accounts. I know people in their 20s, early 20s that are now all excited about investing in the equity markets because they have a Robinhood app on their phone. And they've probably done fairly well over the past six months or so. But the SEC is now investing or has been investigating them. And we're going to touch on what that entails and what that means for the market and you as the investor. Next, the Fed Beige Book report came out today and it said a few interesting things about the economy, different areas of the country, as well as different sectors. So we're going to follow that as well. And then lastly, we'll get to that federal eviction moratorium and what that means for renters and potentially landlords as well. So that's what's on my mind today. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's go to Gene in Seattle, looking at Teladoc. Yes, uh huh. I just want to get your take on it. Well, I like. I'm interested in the space. Let's say that I do think that telemedicine is the future. I think for mundane kind of colds and, and basic things, uh, t- telemedicine will become more and more prevalent, and it is. But Teladoc is a company that is worth $18 billion. And there are plenty of others in the space with maybe not quite as much revenue, but are valued at much, much lower valuations. And Teladoc still isn't making any money. Losing a lot of money, actually. So I like the space. It's just in no way, shape, or form is it my favorite in the space. And they just made it a pretty expensive acquisition as well. So uh, I I like that you're looking at the space, but I would pass on Teladoc and do a little deeper dive. There are a few other public companies in the telemedicine space that I think are much, much better. Thanks for the call, Gene. 
You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have posted a new Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour bonus podcast. Steve and I have recorded answers to 34 voice bank questions, and we get them all done in under an hour, and we answer them at a, at a pretty fast pace. You'll still get your unbiased comments, but we keep things moving quickly. So tell your friends, and they can hear the new Rapid Fire Hour podcast anytime over at investtalk.com or on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Search Invest Talk. And now I'm here ready to take your calls live at 888 99Chart. The calendar tells the story. Summer is moving fast, and the Labor Day holiday will be here soon. But you've got finance and investment questions now. So, Steve and Justin, welcome your calls. Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, it's Zach from Minnesota. I have a quick question about the stock Chewy, C-H-W-Y. Looking to get into the retail space here and looking at Chewy to a rookie investor, it looks like it might be a, a decent long-term hold. Looks like their earnings have gone up every quarter. I like the fact that they also have the option to get generic prescription options for your pets. So that kind of seems like a little added plus to this stock. Just wondering, trying to get an expert opinion, would you recommend Chewy for a long-term, uh, long-term hold? Look forward to the answer. Thank you. Well, I would recommend Chewy's long-term hold at the right price. Right now it's at $70 a share and an $18 billion, sorry, $28 billion market cap. And you talked a little bit about earnings, and a little misnomer there. You said their earnings are getting better, and in fact, A, they don't have earnings. They're negative. EBITDA is uh, still about $238 million, trailing 12 months. Net income is negative $270 million, trailing 12 months, and that has been on decline. So uh, beginning of last year, second quarter of last year was about negative 237. Now we're at 270 when it comes to net income. So they're losing more money, and now they're, they're certainly plowing a lot of their, I guess you call it cash flow, back into the business. And uh, the best thing I can say, though, is that cash flow is now positive, 40 million trailing 12 months. So I, I like that. But the valuation to me is just too high. It is absolutely on my watch list, but I'm not buying it until it's price of sales, or enterprise value to sales, excuse me, is under three, under three. And that means right now we're over five. So it needs about a 40% decline from here for me to like the valuation. Uh, but I like that it's on your watch list. I think you'll do fine long-term, but if the growth to value trade kind of rolls over, certainly this is going to have multiple contraction, multiple contraction. And when it has that multiple contraction, then I would start getting excited about it at lower multiples. But right now, it's just too high for my liking. But I like that it's on your watch list. Now, my focus point today concerns the story, are you overlooking a smart way to play the stuck-at-home trend? And, you know, a lot of people are, are buying a lot of tech names, right? Because more and more people are either buying on Amazon or... Uh, cloud services, etc. But another way that people are changing their behavior is they're moving away from cities into bigger homes, right? Buying at cheaper price per square foot, getting more land. And that means they have more room 
to work, to play, and to do home renovations. Now, Home Depot and Lowe's, you know, that's one way to think about it. And that's certainly a decent argument. The flip side of that, I think the headwinds on that side are, what about flips, other types of activity in the housing market that may have headwinds, maybe not in the short term, but the medium term, uh, if unemployment rate stays high. So that would be my counter argument there. But I think there are a lot of other smaller companies that should benefit as well. Obviously, home construction, uh, sorry, home builders, that's one, one place. Some of them have run, but not quite to the extent as a lot of the tech names. So I think there's some undervaluation in that space as well, as long as mortgage rates stay down here. A lot of industrial companies as well that supply the Home Depots, right? A lot of those are smaller names, maybe less obvious. Maybe they're not included in the S&P or one of the bigger indexes, like a Home Depot or a Lowe's. And therefore, they haven't been bid up as much. So I think there's some catch-up on that side as well. And that kind of goes back to what I'm saying earlier about indexing. Fund flows and indexes are so strong right now. And they're mandated by governments, especially with 401ks. Oh, you have to index. See about lowest fees. Well, that's kind of distorted the market because so much flow is going into the major indexes. That leaves a lot of the non-index companies undervalued in this time. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And as serious investors, we try our best to manage our fear and greed, the emotions of investing. A lot of you newer investors, you're very much in the greed phase. You're not ready for the fear phase. But hopefully we can help you manage those emotions. We want to do that. We want to help you. So give us a call. Your participation is required. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Beasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm calling in with a question to get your opinion on the stock Apple, which just split. What would be a good entry point? Do I wait for a pullback? I'll be listening to the answer on your podcast. Thank you. All right, let me start this off with the stock split. And I've said this a few times, and I, I feel like... see. It's odd because I've been doing this for 20 years and a lot of these things seem so basic and obvious to me because I've been doing it so long. But I do realize there are a lot of new investors and they they look at the stock price and they that that's what they base their decision off of. You know, as, a, as an institutional investor, as a professional investor, the way we look at things is look at valuation, market cap, debt, enterprise value. 
cash flow, revenues, dividend, earnings, etc. And, you know, new investors, that's a lot for them. Stuff is complicated. A lot of them don't have formal training when it comes to, you know, business school or anything like that, like, uh, like myself or a lot of other professionals have. And so what they had to go on is a narrative and a price and price movement. That's really all they have to go on. And so when you see a stock split, well, it may seem, if you do a little bit of digging, you know that that doesn't change the valuation of the company. It doesn't take very long to come to that realization. Google can tell you that in 30 seconds. But they still can't get over that inclination to just look at the stock price and think, well, a $100 stock price is more expensive, stock is more expensive than a $50 stock. When, if you have any level of experience, you'll know that that's nonsense. Doesn't make any sense at all. Just happens to be the price based on how many shares are outstanding and the market value of the company. So, I hope that sends a strong enough message that you need to understand what stock splits mean in context, which is absolutely nothing. Number two, Apple. I love Apple. It's a great company. Has it been bid up too far? Yes. We own Apple. We've owned Apple for clients for a long time in one of our strategies. So, not mad about it, but it's also expensive at these prices. Why? Well, they're not growing their revenue dramatically, 11% year over year, solid. But right now the P ratio is 41, which I don't like the P, you know that. But if you look at enterprise value to EBITDA, 28, that's basically the highest multiple that Apple has traded at since 2007, when it just launched the iPhone, right? And it was in that huge growth trajectory. And it's not in that growth trajectory right now. Still a great company. Don't get me wrong. But you have to ask the question, okay, what is a reasonable multiple? And our reasonable multiple is closer to 18 times enterprise value EBITDA, which is roughly 40% lower than here. So we have our eyes on it. Might trim it a little bit up here. But overall, it needs to come down a lot more for us to get excited about the valuation. Now, long term, you'll do fine. You could buy Apple expensive and you'll probably do fine because it's a great business. But if you're looking for better entry point, you're going to have to wait for a pullback in the market overall. 888.99 chart, 888.992.4278. And this kind of, a, let's dovetail straight into this SEC investigation into Robinhood. And they're investigating them, Robinhood, over its deals with high-speed trading forms. This is how Robinhood makes money. Frankly, there are a lot of other brokers now that have gone to zero, zero commissions that make it similarly. 
But Robinhood is not disclosing how they're making money off of your trades. At least that's what the SEC thinks. So they're saying they have their failure to fully disclose its practice of selling customer orders to make to market makers. And it's likely they're going to settle a fine about $10 million. And for Robinhood, probably that's not that much. So there's been some negotiations on both sides. But what you have to remember about really anything that's quote unquote free, just like Android, if you have an Android phone, Google gives away Android's operating system. Why? Because they want the data, right? If you're not paying for it, you're the product. So in case of Robinhood, if you use Robinhood, Robinhood is not the product. You're the product. If you're okay with that, that's fine. Same with Android. If you're okay with Android taking all of your data, Google, shall we say, taking all your data and selling it to advertisers, that's fine. But you have to understand that. And that's what Robinhood is doing and looks like they're in a little bit of hot water with some regulators. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And in these uncertain times, it's natural for investors to be unsure about how much their portfolio valuation is put at risk. So I encourage you to head over to our website, investtalk.com, and take our risk questionnaire. Get your calls in now at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses 
that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Stefan in Palo Alto looking at Sprouts Farmers Markets. This is actually a stock that we own for clients. Do you own it or are you looking to buy it? Uh, I own it. So I had bought it at uh, $26 a share. Yeah. And um, I've seen a little bit of volatility in it. Um, mm-hmm. But I just wanted to know what your take on this stock. Well, we, we like it. Uh, we actually had a conversation internally about this stock today. Uh, we still like it. They're growing the store count. They have very high margins for the industry, one of the highest in the industry, very focused on or organic goods as well as a very good produce section. Uh, and produce sales actually dipped a little bit below 10% for uh, a few weeks uh, a few weeks ago, but they're back up above that, uh, which means that more people are continuing to eat at home. Um, much more than previous uh, before the pandemic started. So we like it. Uh, we like their management. We like their strategy. Uh, you know, and, and earnings are expected to be two dollars and twelve cents this year. Next year analysts only have a dollar sixty six, but that's been upgrade being upgraded. That's still up from last year at a dollar twenty five. Uh, I suspect next year will come in closer to that two dollars for the full year this year. So um, I, I we really like Sprouts, big fan, uh, and it's pulled back here into some pretty decent support. So uh, don't get you know understand your thesis. Why did you buy it, Stefan? Uh, oh. Did, uh, yeah. I actually, I'm a shopper at that uh, supermarket. I really okay. enjoy uh, the supermarket. I feel mm-hmm. like they have good products and mm-hmm. good services there. Um, but um, I'm just more thinking about the long term. I just seen it go down as soon as I bought it. So um, just holding, mm-hmm. holding on to it. So yeah, don't get shaken. Understand your thesis. If your thesis changes, if uh, whatever you go in the store, you think they made changes you don't like, uh, or you find other. Uh, research that tells you that their business may be declining or n- not doing as well, then your ch- thesis might change. But just because you have some short-term price fluctuations, uh, that can happen to any industry at any time. 
Uh, you just have to have conviction in your thesis, but be flexible enough to change that thesis. But it doesn't sound like the overall thesis has changed, and neither has it for us as well. So uh, I wouldn't be shaken by just this little pullback, which is basically what it is, and still making higher highs and higher lows. So technically, nothing wrong with it. Now let's keep things moving. Here comes another voice bank question from 888 chart Hey, guys. Love the podcast. Calling about Evo Fam, EV. FM recently picked up a relatively large position at around $2.94, but it's basically a short-term play. What's your general opinion about this pharmaceutical? Thanks again, and keep up the good work. Well, you're asking about a penny stock in under $5, that $3.46 right now. Uh, looks like it's rounding from this bottom. Uh, it fell all the way from almost $7.00. In early June, down to $2.85. Now we're at $3.46. Look like it's having a little bit of a comeback here. Uh, you're looking for short term. So what I think about the, pharma the the biotech company or pharmaceutical company, whatever this company does, really doesn't matter. All I'm looking at is the chart. That's it. And frankly, the chart looks pretty good. It's coming out of this base uh, that's been consolidating uh, for a few months. And if this could break into the gap, which would be around $3.60, now we're at $3.46, which is getting close to, this could easily fill the gap and get up into the $4.75 range. And that's where I would definitely be taking some profits around that $4.70 mark uh, from a technical perspective. And like you said, this is very short term. When you're looking at investing, now, this, 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 is, this is a good segue into the idea of investing versus speculating. A lot of these new investors, especially Robinhood investors, they're speculators. You're not investors, right? All you, you're not looking at valuations or cash flows. You're looking, oh, this company's good, this company's bad. This chart's good, this chart's bad. And that's just speculating. Right? That's not investing is looking at a business, trying to buy it relatively cheap, investing in companies that are growing over time, and that you're going to invest in for extended periods. That if the price goes down 10%, like uh, the previous caller about Sprouts, that you're not going to freak out because your thesis, your investing thesis, remains the same. And until that thesis changes, then, or you have something better to put it in, then you can trade out of it. Right? Right now, there are a ton of speculators. And all they care about is, is the price going to go up in the next week, two weeks, month? That's it. If the price declines 10%, what do they do? Start getting a little nervous, right? Emotions start creeping in. Because you didn't buy it to be a long-term holder of, an, of the business. Because you're not an investor. You're a speculator. So you have to decide which one you are. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a speculator. There's a lot of speculators that make a living out of this. Now, the vast majority who try to do it flame out and you know they make too many mistakes and lose too much money and... You know, you go through enough ups and down, up and down markets, that'll happen. But there are plenty that are disciplined, understand charting, understand trends, understand trading 
rules and stick to them, and they can do well, very well. Some of them even better than a lot of quote-unquote investors who are buying and holding over time. So I'm not saying you can't do one or the other, or you shouldn't. What I'm telling you is you have to recognize what type of investor you are. Or a speculator. And if you want to be one or the other, you have to have a different skill set. Right? If you're a trader, speculator, your skill set is charting, trend following, creating trading rules, risk management. That's important for a speculator or a trader. An investor, that's understanding businesses. That's understanding cash flows. That's understanding balance sheets. Understanding industries. Being able to put those pieces together into a coherent thesis around a position. And monitoring that over time. That is an investor. Which one are you? Here comes another voice bank question from 888-99-CHART. Yeah, I'm calling about the ticker symbol LMB. It's Limbach Holdings. I actually found out about it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and I ended up buying some shares, you know, thinking that the HVAC sector is going to be pretty busy with schools opening up and every everyone upgrading their ventilation system. So wondering what you think about it right now, especially after a good earnings report. Please let me know what you guys think and enjoy the program. Thank you. Bye. Oh, this one's interesting. This is Pennsylvania-based commercial specialty contractor in the field of heating, ventilation, air conditioning, plumbing, electrical, and building controls for design and construction of new and renovated buildings, maintenance services, energy retrofits, etc. Interesting. Uh, 50 million dollar market cap so still very very small its earnings last month were or last quarter excuse me were 37 cents a share so let's make 62 cents a share this year 83 cents a share next year only trading at six dollars and 37 cents so based on that projected earnings that's pretty cheap to be honest with you relatively minimal debt compared to uh, its cash position chart is good it's very lightly traded, and average daily volume over the past 50 days is only 49,000 shares on a $6 stock. Very thinly traded. Uh, but I like the trend. I like the industry. My worry is that volume. It's going to be very volatile. Uh, it's If you want to buy a lot of shares, certainly you're going to eat up a lot of the float and move the stock. So that's the only concern. But I, I like the space. It doesn't look too expensive. Uh, especially compared to projected earnings. I uh, would just really need to un- understand, is that is this a one-time thing? What is the trend? You you told me about some trends. Is is that what they're saying in the earnings report? Because they did just have earnings report, when was this? The 13th of this month? Or sorry, of, of August? So a couple weeks ago, I would dig into that, understand what that looks like, uh, and whether that was a one-time anomaly, maybe they had a big order, a big client, et cetera, uh, and see how sustainable that trend Positive trend, actually, is. Let's go to Art in Menlo Park looking at IP, which is international paper. Hi, Justin. How are you? 
I'm doing pretty well. Long time no talk. Yeah, I know. It's because um, we're having problems with the uh, the lines, it seems like, because I keep uh, calling, but uh, it's like the day before, so I'm listening to the uh, replay or something. Ah, got it, got it. Okay, anyway, well, glad we glad we got you anyway, on now. You're, you're looking at international paper. About, uh, international paper. Yeah. So it's certainly rallying. Uh, Divin's 5.3%, but their business has been struggling for some time. Their peak earnings was in 2018 at $5.32 a share. This year, they're only supposed to make $2.48 a share. Revenue's down 14% last quarter. Earnings down 33%. And earning or revenue has been down five straight quarters. Same with earnings. And that's my biggest question. Why is that happening? You would think that with... You know, more shipments of online packaging, et cetera, that their business would be relatively good because they uh, make printing material, uh, packaging products, counter container board, et cetera. Why is their business deteriorating so much? Do you know? No, I was thinking along the same lines as you because of uh, that's the whole reason why I bought into the uh, the company is because I thought, you know, we had like a lot more shipping going on with the, the, the virus and everything. Yeah, uh, I have well, no idea why um, the uh, the prices have dropped because I got I actually got in low forties and I'm thinking about getting out at this point. Yeah, I mean, I would dig into a little bit more why their uh, their margins are being squeezed, why their business is being squeezed in a time where their business should be relatively decent. Now, their trailing twelve month free cash flow is about two billion dollars, and it's a fifteen billion dollar company, so. Uh, if they can turn, just get to flat, they can just flatten out their, their business, get to zero growth. I think it's undervalued, but I need to understand what is the path to that, at least to that. Now, obviously if we get back to growth, that would be fantastic. And I think you get back into the fifties, uh, in a, in a, even just a modestly growing business. You know, this is the type of business that typically grows with the overall economy. So if the economy can get back to some sort of modest growth by next year and they can keep up with that, then I, I kind of like it at these prices. The problem is I need to understand that thesis and you need to dig into that and know where, what is their plan? What is management's plan to go from five consecutive quarters of negative revenue and earnings growth over, you know, over a year straight to something at least flat to slightly growing. And if I can buy into that, idea and I believe that's going to happen, then I think it's undervalued. But I, I would really need to dig in to look at that uh, that strategy. Thanks for the call, Art. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We all need to develop strategies to help us better manage our emotions and the volatility that we know is always out there. And one thing I know for sure is that you cannot allow your retirement objectives to be controlled by the whims of the economy or a pandemic. You need to take steps now to optimize your strategy and thus your portfolio. So I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. We would love to help you. We want to help you. Whether you're a conservative investor, edging closer to retirement, looking for income, more preservation of capital, or you're a younger investor looking for aggressive opportunities. We have strategies that fit your needs. We also do financial plans as well for clients. So if you want to, that's more of your priorities. That's some people's priorities. It's more about 
do they have enough to retire? That's certainly something that we can do as well. So send me a message through investtalk.com or give our office a call at 800-557-5461. But now I'm here and ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is Brad from North Dakota. I got a question about it's Moderna Inc. They're making a COVID vaccine and I believe they're in phase three, but you don't hear too much talk about them. MRNA. Thanks guys. Appreciate the show. Oh, Moderna. I don't know where you're getting your finance news, but I hear a lot about Moderna, and it seems very shady to me. Uh, Every time they have some sort of news about the vaccine that they're trying to produce, what do they do? What do the insiders do? They sell a bunch of stock. I think some of the CFOs have dumped all of their stock, or uh, C-suite. I've dumped all of their stock last time uh, I saw. I think it was a CFO. Don't quote me on that, but it was one of the bigger ones. So I don't like that. I don't like that. They're they're really pumping up this vaccine and, and the studies, and they're kind of dubious studies to some degree. Uh, I think there's, there's some potential of efficacy. But I've said this before. Even if there is a vaccine, are they really going to be able to charge too much? And why, are, why is management dumping so much shares at these valuations? So... I pass on it. I think other, better, more established pharmaceutical companies are going to come up with a vaccine before Moderna. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. So we're going into our last break. Give us a call at 888 99Chart. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. Let's go to Caleb in Washington. How you doing, Caleb? Hi, I'm doing good. How about you? Doing well. You, uh, it sounds like you're looking at BBR, but I can't find it. Can you tell me what company you're trying to look up? Um, it is a Vanguard um, ETF, um, small cap value. Uh, VBR. Um, Victor. Yes, VBR. Brian Robert. Okay. Uh, so you're you're just basically trying to buy the indexes. Right or the the so small cap I've index. So I had this for about three years in my um, retirement account, and I was curious mm-hmm. if you thought it was a good, um, good one. I have been contributing to it about every month, and um, yeah. So that was my question about it. Right, well, this is a small cap value ETF, so you're indexing in the small cap value space, and this has been a relative underperformer. Right, for, uh, compared to, say, the S and P, for example. Now, you're in senior retirement account. You sound relatively young, correct? Well, you sound sound young. So, the question is, yeah, I'm only I'm 28, so okay. Um, so you have you have a long time frame about cashing it out or just keep contributing to it. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I would keep contributing from a relative value perspective long term. I think this is a good area to to allocate to from, say, the growth side of the market. And small caps are going to outperform over long periods of time, especially the small cap value space that is one of the best long-term sectors to be allocating to. So I wouldn't be getting out of it. In fact, I'd probably be allocating a little bit more if you have a longer-term perspective away from the growth side, as well as allocating a little bit more to the international side if you have that opportunity as well. So I, I would actually be allocating more if you're taking it from other equity funds, let's say that, uh, allocating away from growth and into value. Let's go to Nick in Hayward looking at Gilead. Yeah, hi, Justin. Yes. Uh, hello? Yeah, I'm here. Hello. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm thinking of buying some more Gilead because I'm down on it and I just want to think uh, maybe I can uh, average it down a little bit. Would you recommend uh, buying uh, some more or, or not at this time? Well, typically averaging down is not the greatest idea. Uh, I think my question is, what was your thesis of buying it? What, why did you buy Gilead in the first place? Well, because of these uh, COVID-19 uh, drugs, I thought maybe they might come up with something, you know, like that. And they have a decent dividend. And it's mm-hmm. a big company, you know, it's been around a long time and stuff like that. That's all. Okay. Well, remdesivir uh, is, does have some e- efficacy, but it's definitely not a cure-all for, for COVID. So that isn't the case there. Enterprise value to EBITDA, however, is 49 which is very, very expensive. Uh, and EBITDA has been going down. One of the biggest problems is their business is driven by... Uh, driven by, uh, what do you call it, um, HIV, HIV treatment, and hep- I think, and then also hepatitis C-, C. It's been a while since I looked at, uh, at Gilead, to be honest with you, but they have one uh, that well, I think it was hep-, hep B, something like that, where they basically cure it. So their patients go away after a certain period of time. And that's why their EBITDA since 2016 has dropped from $34 billion, trailing 12 months to only $1.8 billion today. So that worries me. Uh, and they have a decent amount of about $24 billion of debt on their balance sheet. Their pay ratio is very high. And I, you know, net income is actually negative. So I'm going to say no. I think there's a lot of hype around Remdesivir and its uh, business prospects. But with all of the COVID vac- COVID-19 treatments or vaccines, I don't think they're going to be nearly as lucrative for these companies as most are thinking. And so I would not be adding to Gilead here. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. We'll return next week. Steve PC will be here tomorrow and Friday. Please remember to tell your friends and family members that you can, they can choose from over 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts free over at investtalk.com or via iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis. 
and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 